Hello, this is Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 21 of Gaming with Grief. I'm calling it, I'm calling it uh, old and new stuff, because I am doing new stuff that is old, and I'll tell you why. So um, if you want to drop me a line, you can send me a line at gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. This is my podcast about dealing with grief through gaming, all kinds of gaming. Um, yeah, and that's what I'm going to talk about today, gaming. So, uh, quick update. I uh, built an icon for the podcast in iTunes, and uh, I tried to export it to get it to read onto SoundCloud, and it is not reading on SoundCloud. So, I'm going to try some other stuff to try to post it maybe just on the website, and see if that works. I don't know if that's going to work. I'm still working on some kinks, but I made the icon. I spent about 40 minutes trying to make it and export it. And everybody has a different opinion on how you should get it to somewhere. They try to get you to download software. Some of it's free, some of it's not. I just want to do everything in the Mac ecosystem because I'm actually recording this on a Mac Mini right now. So I just don't want to download a lot more things and learn more software. I'm an old man. I'm getting old. So... Long story short, I'm trying. I'm still working for that. Um, and also, strangely enough, I got invited to be a guest on a local podcast. I'm in the Pacific Northwest in uh, Washington State, and there is a local podcast called The Grit City Podcast. Uh, and I was invited to just be in the room when they're recording. They said they may ask me some questions. I told them a little bit about the podcast. Um, so that I'm going over to meet them on the 20th of October. And I don't know like when the episode will air. I'm not the main guest. There's usually people in the background that, you know, are pretty respectful and ask questions of the main guest. So maybe, uh, maybe I'll pop in and be able to ask a question or two. So that'd be kind of neat. Uh, they're local guys. Like everything they talk about in the podcast is crazy because it's like places I know I live near them. You know, podcasts are great, obviously way to connect people through different hobbies and everything, but it is really unique when it's obviously places, you know, you know, you can kind of see the lay of the land and you kind of feel a weird connection, uh, with the podcast, even though I don't know anything about the host and I just started listening to it. So yeah, it's uh, like I said, it'll be the 20th. I set up on the, I think they set up in the afternoon or early afternoon and then they record uh, later. So I'll be doing that next Sunday, a week from today that I am recording this on the 20th of October. So it's nice of them to reach out. It took them a long time to get back to me, but they, uh, they said my email got sent to a spam folder. I actually believe them. I'm too optimistic. So why do I call this episode old and new stuff? It's because, like I said at the top of this, I'm doing old and new stuff. And uh, so the new stuff I'm doing is Destiny. And that is also old stuff because it's an old game that came out several years ago that Bungie has broken from their publisher Activision and they totally revamped the game and it was free to play. I actually bought the expansion Shadowkeep for like 35 bucks. So you get to go back to the moon. And um, so I went back to the moon and played. And uh, if you ever played a Bungie game, like, uh, you know, Halo. I think I talked about this last episode. I just want to do more of a deep dive because I spent about 12 hours with the game, which is, I think, a pretty substantial amount of time to talk about the game. I'll say this. I enjoy the aesthetic of Destiny. I purchased the lore book because I'm a big... I like lore. I like story. I like kind of behind the scenes to see, you know, even in a game where it's a fictional world, like why people do what they do and their motivations. I like the design of the game. The guns feel very good. Uh, I think I talked about this a little bit last episode, but long story short, uh, it, it feels really good to play the game. 
but I think um, I haven't. There's a couple books about the development of Destiny I want to read. There's Blood, Sweat, and Pixels by Jason Schreier, who works at Kotaku. He talks about the development of Destiny. There's been some uh, articles that have come out, I think, by Jason Schreier and some other people as well about what went into the original Destiny at, Bus- at uh, Bungie, and they were working with Activision. And it sounds like, and this is this could be either negative or positive, that when the original Destiny, Destiny launched, there was a lot of different ideas in Bungie, from what I can glean from different interviews and reading articles. There was a different idea in Bungie on what they wanted the game to be. So that causes problems, right? If everybody, not to say that they're not, you know, nobody's clashing over ideas. I mean, I'm sure that happened. And I don't think it was catastrophic. But, you know, when I played the original Destiny, I think I played it uh, a they had like a beta weekend or something, and I played for a few hours. I was like, this is really fun. But you don't get a sense of the story or anything or know how anything shakes out. And I think uh, I kind of set it down. I was like, well, I don't really want to purchase this. I'll wait. And then I think years later, they came out with the Tanky King expansion for the original Destiny. And uh, then I really dove in and probably spent about 50, 60 hours playing it now. Anybody out there who's listening to this probably doesn't think that's a lot of time, uh, but that's a pretty substantial amount of time to spend with a game and to know how you feel about it and how it um, handles and things, you know. Um, and then I kind of, it's one of those things where it is very fun to play with friends, and I think some of my friends and my family is playing it kind of moved on, so then I kind of moved on. And then uh, Destiny 2 launched, and I got it. Uh, actually, uh, my family member bought it for me because he wanted to play again and all this stuff, and so we played, and it was the same thing, probably... 20 or 30 hours, maybe even 40 uh, on Xbox through the original, uh, with the original game and then with the sequel. Um, I spent about 40 or 50 hours. And then, um, you know, again, everybody kind of moved on, so I moved on. We didn't find it. uh, We found it a lot of the same. And uh, going back to Destiny, it's really strange uh, to go back because it does have this very familiar feeling of, oh, I've been on the moon, I've talked to... You know, this, um, I don't know his name, but he's hes like a quest giver, I would say, in the EDZ, the European Dead Zone. Uh, and you, I've gone to the tower, I've talked to uh, Akora and Zavala and all this stuff, and its uh, it does feel very familiar. I think, for me, it's, it's strange because they're trying to weave a narrative into... Um, they're trying to weave a narrative into this shell of a good... They have a good gameplay loop. You know, You it's a looter, shooter. You get armor and weapons, and they're better and better and better. You have a power level that goes up with a kind of a average of each piece. So if you have all your pieces are 800 power, then you're 800 power. You know, they go up and down. That's an average. So all that stuff ends, which is... I mean, not ends, but it, you know, it, it, uh, it averages out. And I heard the soft cap is 900, but the hard cap is like 960, so you have to modify your weapons and stuff. And I'm, I haven't got that far yet. I'm still in the main campaign because the the one problem I have with Destiny, like I said, the gameplay loop is good. I like the design of the game. The enemy, there's only a few different styles of enemies, which is fine. I'm okay with that. And we're on the moon, so you see a lot of the same hive enemies. But um, the AI is pretty good. They try to flank you, get behind you, stuff like that. Um, but the one problem I have, I think, is the actual mission structure, the quests. So they will tell you to do something for uh, Eris Mon, the the main protagonist in this. You're helping her figure out what this weird structure is on the moon. And you go and do some things for her, and 
you she's like go kill this person you're like okay yeah it's kind of a thing it's a shooter i'm gonna go do that so you go do that and then uh you know after that uh her icon will flash on the map so you think oh i gotta go turn in and then she'll tell me the next thing to do and you go over to her and her icon's flashing above her head and nothing you can collect bounties from her and she says something and this is towards later in the game early in the game it's like yes go do this yes go do that but then towards a later game, it becomes, oh, I can't talk to her, so what do I do? So you go to your map, and you see brand new icons with the Shadowkeep kind of logo or thumbnail that they've created for that. And so you're like, oh. And so then you start reading, and it's like, okay, I have to kill these three things. And strangely enough, they're in a line. They're deep in the moon. You have to go through a path. Okay, fine. I'm going to go do this. You go do that and kill these people. You get to the last part, and you're like, all right, I'm going to kill this guy. Oh, you didn't get this armor you need to protect yourself from this dream world. Anyway, it's sci-fi. And so you go, okay, well, how do I get this armor? Oh, you have these essence of things, of pain, of anguish. That's interesting. So how do I get that? Oh, just kill 100 more people on the moon. Uh, What? That wasn't told to me or whatever. And one of them is do that, and then you get one armor piece. And then the other set of requirements is... The essence of pain, you know, go get a sniper kill. Well, I've been playing for 12 hours and a sniper rifle hasn't dropped. So I go to the tower and try to buy a sniper rifle from the gunsmith because that's something I would imagine you would do. And he doesn't sell you weapons. He sells you mods and bounties on the weapons you have and uh, bounties on like doing finishing moves and all this kind of stuff. So I don't know how to get a sniper rifle unless one randomly drops. That's weird. So I have to wait for a sniper rifle to randomly drop. Then I have to go kill. uh, It says sniper rifle kills. So I don't know how many sniper rifle kills I'm going to need to get. If it's just one, great. I don't know. So that'll be weird. And then it says get the wreath. It's like the wreath of iron or something like that. And uh, so they don't tell you in the map where to get that. Uh, You know, I, I get it. They want you to look for it, right? But like... They tell you to go in this one place and find the wreath of iron. You think, okay, I'll go in this cave or whatever, and I'll find this wreath, and I will go get the wreath. So I'm trying to follow a walkthrough online. You have to go in this cavern, and it's like a never-ending gobstopper of a canyon. And, you know, you go underground, you go in these tunnels, and they just can't find it. The thing is, it's not. I don't want them to just put, you know, like a waypoint, like go here, because that would take the fun out of it. But at least say, hey why don't you try checking this cave out right here like in this area you may be able to find it you know and then or you know again like a a breadcrumb trail say oh we found a clue you know why don't you keep going forward a little bit because some of the trails mark with these nightmare apparitions that are old guardians like you are but their ghosts are left behind their specters are left behind not the ghost the thing that actually revives you so it's like, oh, that's kind of neat. It's like this idea, you hear them, you know, their past missions and didn't go so well, stuff like that. It's all very interesting. And I'm like, wow, this is kind of cool. But, you know, some of the other stuff, too, is like, well, progress the story by killing 50 of this. And it, to me, it seems like they're really trying. I heard an extended interview with the creative director, Luke Smith, and he said, you know, we're it's an MMO now. And, you know, we have seasons from now on, so we'll move forward and the story will continue. And I've read some reviews of the game, and they said that the story cuts off kind of when it gets interesting, because apparently the story comes in parts, so we're only playing the first part, and then through the seasons, they'll release different parts of the story, from what I can gather so far. I think I'm near the end, but again, I have to do this these grindy levels 
to get to that, which is my exact same complaint of Anthem with the two missions, where it was like, you know, like repair three javelins in Anthem. It was, you know, kill three world bosses. And this is the same thing, except, you know, different verbiage. Like, you know, get four sniper rifle kills, find this wreath of iron. You know, it's like, okay, well, where's the wreath of iron? You know, like all this stuff. And I think... Um, it really does feel like they had the bones of the, these games of Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 and all this stuff. You know, if you look at um, most MMOs, which, like I said, Luke Smith said, now they are calling Destiny MMO. Um, I think most MMOs, like World of Warcraft, have expansions that brings the story forward. But I think with Destiny 1 and then they released Destiny 2, I don't know what their plan was or anything. I'm not going to be negative and say that Activision por- forced its hand upon them to make them release things, <clears throat> you know, in a certain way or a certain order. But it is strange. And uh, if they would have had Destiny and then, you know, they had seasonal things like the what the Den of Wolves and like all these little expansion things, the Iron Banner I know is a big thing. If they would have kept that with like bigger content things and never released maybe Destiny 2 and just like continued the story, you know, I, I get from a standpoint that they don't want to fracture the audience because you come in and you're like, what is... You know, if this got blown up or this, you know, there, there's enough trailers out there. You find out that, you know, different people in the Vanguard disappear, all this stuff. So it's like, well, what is this person doing and what is that person doing? You know, it seems like it would have been a, um, they could have done a thing. Like, I haven't played Gears of War 5, but I've heard in Gears of War 5 they do, like, previously on Gears of War. And you're like, okay, cool. Like, you know, maybe you skipped a game in the series and you just want to jump into 5. So it'll, it'll kind of take you up to speed, you know, which is kind of neat. So that way you can kind of uh, come to it, you know, come to it and you get an idea of what's happening so you can play. And they do try to do this a little bit in Destiny, but all they do is increase your power level. So everybody starts with a power level of 750 so they can, I think you only need 760 to go to Shadowkeep. So you do basically a couple intro missions and you have enough uh, armor and weapons, to, you know, you're powerful enough to go do that, which is fine. I don't think that's a big deal. Um, I think that... Uh, it isn't enough, though, to do that, to say, okay, and I've heard different people on, on uh, podcasts I also do about gaming to say, ah, I wasn't enough, you know, I feel kind of cheated because I spent a lot of time trying to get my power up to 750, and then with a stroke of a key, everybody's 750, you know, and they didn't, they didn't work as hard as I did, they weren't grinding it out, which is totally legitimate, you know, but I get from Bungie's perspective, you're like, you know, we want new players, we want this to be vibrant, so what do we do, you know, well, we have to give everybody, a, we have to make a level playing field for everybody. But I don't think that really takes away from, like, the weapons you've acquired. Like, even though my power is 750, you know, you could have an incredibly powerful shotgun that has perks and things like that, and your armor is probably way better than my basically gray armor, to use a World of Warcraft term, uh, when I start out. So I'm not really in the camp of how negative this is. I mean, I do understand people's perspective, um, but it's good to bring new people in. And I think maybe that's what Bungie was wrestling with, is, like, how do we bring all this together? And I think that's something they said they're going to work on from now on, is trying to focus all this stuff and bring it together. And I think now maybe without Activision, for good or bad, you know, they have to plot their own course. And, and they said, uh, I saw a vid doc with them, and uh, it was probably, like, 10 minutes long or so, right before the l- release of Shadowkeep. They said, hey, we're going to build this as a story. It's going to start moving forward. So it'll be very interesting to see how these seasons move forward and stuff like that to make like a cohesive narrative of lore. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. I think one thing, cool thing they did do is they added technically a battle pass to it. So now uh, instead of, you do level, but if you got the free version, 
of um, the free version of Shadowkeep, there is like one tier, obviously. And then I, since I got Shadowkeep, I got this season pass, which has 70 levels. And basically you get two rewards uh, per level instead of the, you like if you get the free version, I think you get one reward per uh, level. So like your level bar down below, instead of getting to level two, three, you're basically doing the same thing, but it's like season level two, season level three. And they give you crafting materials and money, armor, things that you would get in the game. And it's pretty comparable and pretty powerful. So, you know, it, it isn't, it doesn't make me poor, more powerful to have a few more crafting materials because, um, to be slightly negative, I think the thing that bothers me about any online game is the need to create currencies. I get that they want to like gate people off. They want you to work really hard. Hey, you need this. You need this ascendant shard. It's going to be very difficult to get it. I get that. But it's like, how do you get that? Well, you got to take this material and then turn it into that material and then go to this place and throw it in a forge. I'm kind of throwing my analogies around, but the thing is, I get that they want to make it difficult for you to attain. That totally makes sense. But the idea that all they're doing, all they're doing is just like, well, you can get helium fragments. You can get these shards. You have glitter dust. You have glimmer. There's um, these essences that I talked about in the missions. You can get different types of essences, and I'm sure you make different weapons and armor with that. And I'm sure I get gunsmithing parts. I now have glimmer. I have bright dust. Uh, I, I know you get strange coins because I played the game enough to know that sooner or later I'm going to do something get a strange coin, and then you turn those coins into Zer, the Traveler from Beyond, and you buy a weapon from him, which is pretty cool. But still, there's so many currencies. I just wish there was a better way to, you know, maybe it's there is some crafting materials, um, and I don't know. I, you know, some of it could be just that it's science fiction. You know, like when I'm playing World of Warcraft and you're like, oh, I'm getting copper and then I'm getting tin and then I'm getting uh, steel. And then you look and you're like, oh, I need to make a chess piece. Uh, I know steel and copper. I need to combine that and tin to do whatever. So that makes sense. But maybe it's the fact that you need 15 helium fragments and uh, 400 pieces of glimmer and two, you know, uh, fragments, essence of pain. Like that kind of stuff is like, oh, but then... You know, like I said, to create those things, you need to create other things, and it gets really messy. I just wish, you know, if it is sci-fi, you could say, like, hey, you know, we have the ability to turn this matter into a crafting shard or something, like a destiny shard, and then with those shards, you can turn them into this, that, or turn them into a vendor and say, hey, I have 50 of these. It's like, okay, now we have this incredibly rare item we're giving you, and now you can go craft what you want to go craft. You know, I think that would be an interesting way to uh, do it. I don't know. I think that's the, one of the failings of the game. Like I said, the gameplay loop's rewarding, um, but it's the idea of having you know, 12, 15 different currencies because it seems like every planet has its own natural resource, which, again, makes sense. They're different planets, but you're... My inventory looks insane because I have things I don't. I'm like I don't know what this does. I'll just hang on to it. It's not really taking up that much space. I'll hang on to it until uh, I know what I need to do with it. So, you know, all in all, I'm enjoying playing. I'm gonna continue to play, um, and that's kind of I guess my halfway review of Destiny. I'll say my impressions. Uh, my impressions of Destiny so far in the reboot. I don't really call it Destiny 2. I know it is. I know it's Destiny 2 and Shadowkeep, but it really seems like it's like World of Warcraft. This is the platform 
that things will be released from now on. So, yeah, I'm enjoying playing Destiny. So, again, there's a new, there's a free new version of it called like uh, New Light, and it's on every platform. And one of the cool things that I forgot to mention is they have cross save features. So, basically, you go on their website and you link all of your accounts if you own a PS4, an Xbox One, a PC. I'm playing on PC with an Xbox controller because I have a new uh, gaming PC and things look amazing. So I want it to look as amazing as possible, but I, I like sitting back in my chair and using a controller. It's a good feeling. So um, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing that. And uh, because I'm doing that, uh, now you go on their website, you link their accounts, and I'll say, this is what we've seen. You know, They did find my Xbox saves, but those are so old. I don't know what I was doing uh, with that stuff. So um, I am... Uh, I'm basically starting over with my, I made a Titan, uh, and I'm um, starting over and I linked my account. So now the only Titan they see, or the only Guardian they see is my Titan. And so if I go to Xbox and download it, uh, download the game, I will just see my Titan and I'll be able to play with my friends on Xbox. And if I go to PlayStation, I'll be able to go over there and play it on PlayStation. It's not really across, uh, it's not a, what do they call it? Um, it's not. It's a cross save. It's not a cross. It's not cross platform, which is a bummer. But I still think cross save is a step in the right direction. So at least then you could say, you know, your friend can be like, "Hey, man, I'm playing on PS4, but I really need some help." And you're like, "All right, give me a second. I'll just log on." And boom, there we go. You know. So um, yeah, I think that's a really great thing. And I think you know, like I said, it's rough. There's parts that I don't like, like the currency and the some of the uh, the mission gating is kind of frustrating but the actual gameplay loop is really rewarding and and I think I figured it out I think it's because these people uh, designing the games figured out about colors a long time ago it sounds really strange but um, you know when you see loot hit the ground and you see it highlight a different color like gold ooh that looks important dark orange what could that be Oh, and then you play for a game, the game for a while, and you start learning the language of the game. You start going, oh, well, it's a blue. I don't really care. But it's that color. You know, um, Destiny, when you shoot someone, and whatever, they fall over it, they'll shoot an engram, which I don't even know what shape it is, but it's basically a square, somewhat squared-off-edged, uh, round ball cube. Uh, that doesn't make any sense, but if you've seen pictures of them, you can search for an engram shape. But when you see that hit the ground and you see it glow white or see it glow blue or purple, you're like, oh, that looks great. And gold, I've seen that happen a few times where, you know, one will pop out of somebody and it'll be gold. And uh, that's a great feeling. And you get that like, oh, I want to go get that, you know. And uh, I think that's what it is. It's the colors. It sounds really stupid and lame and uh, simple, but I think it's true. You know, once you once you do that and you see that, I mean, it they're, they're pinatas, right? You know, the enemies are pinatas that you're exploding for for candy, just loot candy. So, um, yeah, it's it's great. And so I'm enjoying it. Like I said, there's rough spots, but I'll keep playing it. And I think next week I'm going to try to slow it down and maybe play something a little bit smaller, uh, an indie game or something. And uh, I'm debating whether to try Apple Arcade. It was like a, you get like a free month trial, but part of me is worried because of the you know I don't need seventeen more games to play and they they drop more every uh, every week. So anyway, um, again, if you guys want to you guys want to write to me, it's gwgpodfellows at gmail um, You know, be safe out there. Uh, again, if you're thinking of hurting yourself or you think you need help. 
you'll get it. Try to get therapy. Uh, try to talk to people. It's okay. And uh, I guess I'll see you guys next week. Bye.